Welcome to the Three Thirds Mike One Third Scouts podcast, episode number fifteen, and I'm joined by my podcasters, Mr. Ross Smith and Mr. Simon Mann. How are we both? Hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Uh, yeah, good. How are you, Simon? Very well, very well. A little bit tired, but but good in general. Why? Why are you tired? I just work hard, mate. You know me. Twenty-five, <laughs> twenty-five hours a day, eight days a week. <laughs> Although I'm having a better week than Gavin Williamson, I think it's fair to say. Quite. Have you not? Uh, have you not come out with a bold decision and then changed <laughs> well, it? Quite well, yeah, just, just based on me being competent at work, I'm having a better <laughs> week than him. Well, yeah, fair enough. But but not as good a week as Joe Hart, who has somehow managed to find himself another Premier League club. That is right. Jose Mourinho has obviously been watching a BT Sport punditry and thought. <laughs> Joe's the man for me. We need this guy around the lads. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, when you say he's, he's he's being signed because he bumps the English quota up, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't fill you with confidence about Joe Hart's career, does it, really? It needs to be a filter on the next football manager, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Just a group of people that are just English or, over, over 30 or near enough 35 just to fill your quota up. It's a bit of a move, isn't it? He's coming down. I'd be moving his family from Burnley to London. Yeah, well, they were in Italy for a year, weren't they? Yeah, I suppose. And there, he's at, was he at West Ham? Has he been? Has he yeah, been? Has he been at where? He at West Ham. He was for a season, wasn't he? He wow. did terribly. Forget about that. Yeah. Was that well travelled, Joe Hart? Was that a straight after City? Or did he go to it? He went to it. No, he went to yeah. it first, didn't he? Yeah. And then, but he didn't play many times at West Ham. I think he had a, he just had a three or four shocking games. Then that was it. He was. Fabianski's back in. Well, what was that uh, other keeper that West Ham had for a. Oh, last season, season yeah. God, he was, or is he Roberto? Is that what he's called? He's so fit. Oh, yeah. Couldn't catch <laughs> cold, could he? <laughs> he was terrible. Couldn't yeah. catch coronavirus, could he? <laughs> I didn't think I, I I didn't catch much of the game the other night, the City game. But I didn't think I thought the idea of having an ex-player on as a pundit was so that um, you know, there could be a little bit biased at least. But I thought Joe Hart was just I thought the little bit that I saw I can't remember what he said, but I was like it's a bit ass, Joe. I know that you got <laughs> completely I know that you got completely frozen out and shipped out pretty much straight away. But I was like, oh, I said bring back Micah Richards. Yeah, but the same. <laughs> Pep, Pep's ruined Joe Hart's career. Oh, absolutely, yeah. He made him go and play so, at West Ham for a start. I mean, <laughs> if, if anyone's got a right to be bitter at Pep Guardiola, Joe Hart has. He's probably put, he probably put his medical back at Spurs just so he could go on the telly and just slam City for a few for a couple of hours. <laughs> wow. Well, so that's why Jose signed him, the mutual loathing of uh, Pep. <laughs> I mean, in a way, it works out brilliant for Joe Hart, doesn't it? Because now he's got his his uh, media career. He could third choice goalkeeper. He's got plenty of times in his hand. He's never going to be picked in the matchday squad, so he can still do his punditry guy at the weekend. He's he's legitimately he's going to turn up like as a pundit on Tottenham games next season, isn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah. He, the inside track, but we'll all have the inside track because that Amazon Amazon documentary will be out soon. Oh, won't yeah. it? I think it, is it out at the end of this month. I don't know, but I'll, I'll be watching it when it comes out. But that is how it'll end, won't it? Like the last scene of the last, of the last episode <laughs> will be Jose turning to his head of recruitment going, is Joe Hart available? And then <laughs> fade to black. That'll be, <laughs> that'll be the tease for the second series. And everyone will tune in watching, won't they? Yeah. To know whether Joe Hart's been signed. A massive long list of whiteboard names and just Joe Hart's written at the bottom of it. <laughs> yeah. The only one not crossed out. It'd be like the scene in um, in Mike Bassett when they're trying to find a manager for the team and they're yeah. ordering. No, Scott Carson's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Grant's still at United. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, good I luck think- to him anyway. I didn't think um, I didn't think Tottenham's English quote was that was that bad. I thought they had quite a few English players. I know they sold Trippier last season, but yeah, but this is going to like some mad exodus this season. Well, this big talk of Harry Winks going to City as well, isn't there? 
That's a crazy transfer. So that's one gone. It's almost Today. as crazy as, Lewis, as Chelsea signing Lewis Dunk. I don't think that's that bad, to be honest. Oh, I'm not sure he's £40 million worth of defender. Well, I'm not sure Nathan Ake is £40 million worth of defender either, so I don't suppose it really yeah. well, going around for a... I'm, sh- well, I'm sure we'll get into all that later anyway. How, how was your week, Cheezer? Uh, it's been all right. I'm not, to be fair, I've worked all weekend, so I've not really done that much. Although we are, we're trying to find somewhere to go out tomorrow, but um, everywhere's booked up, so I'm trying to find somewhere to go some tapas, so... Tapas? No. Yeah. So, not been out for tapas in a while, so we're both off. Me and they're off tomorrow, so... What, is this everywhere booked because this eat out to help out? Yeah. Well, yeah, have you, have you eaten out to help out yet? I have. Well, I was on holiday last week. You oh, were? So, so, we... Well, we tried to eat out to help out, but a lot of the places you have to book, which... Yeah. It's quite annoying because you just want to wander around. So we, we did end up finding this cafe in Scarborough. Um, and we got a, we got a lot of food for quite cheap money. So, yeah. But, no, we, we haven't really took advantage as, as we might have, really. Well, so we, we went to the Friendship Inn last Monday to watch United play in, um, in the game they won in extra time against that Danish team. And we got some food, and you know, I went to pay for the food. I, I felt like I was robbing the place. I think it's about 11 quid. It's like, do you want me to give me some more money? Yeah, I'm not sure. How does it? I'm not sure. Do the actual, do the government pay for the yeah. other half? Yeah, yeah. It's on, the, it's on the receipt, isn't it? They put there's like a bit because I, I, I thought, well, they'll just make everything half price, but then will they not just chat like however many customers they get, will they not just claim for a tenner and just get the money that way? But I think they've got to put it on the receipt how much it is and that's how much they can claim for, more technically claim for, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it's it's almost like Boris is behind you giving them an extra 20 quid every time that you're, yeah. uh, every, t- every time you go and pay. Yeah, Rishi Sunak has to uh, bank transfer. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw um, someone I know on my face, but they, um, they went to, I think it was Pizza Hut, and they got this eat out to help out, and then they had a is it a two for one Wednesday or something with a like meerkat Wednesdays or something? Oh yeah, and, yeah, I think, yeah. And then they had a voucher as well, so they took a family of five out and ended up paying three pounds seventy five. Incredible! Yeah. Wow. Well, they're, they're only doing some places are only doing set menus, and the set menus horrifically bad, so that you don't go. Mustn't want the riffraff. Well, places are rammed, aren't they? So, yeah. so the, the one downside for, for me and Blinder is because we, we don't have children and we both work shifts. So actually, we would we do sometimes just on a whim go out on a Monday. But now it's uh, you have to sort of plan ahead. We've had a, a few issues where it's like, oh, no, it's, it's too busy. <laughs> they mean, won't let you in anywhere. This is Rishi's way of just preparing you for parent parenting. Yeah, this is what, what it's like. <laughs> There's no more spontaneity in your life. Everything's... <laughs> We're going to go out for a meal. We have to plan it two weeks in advance. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait how warm it's been. Today or in general? Oh, just this last week. It's been scorchy, hasn't it? Yeah, so it fell out. It fell nicely with your holidays, then. Oh, well, yeah, because at the start of the week, you were predicting... There was weather warnings, amber weather warnings across the whole country. I don't know where they were because they weren't, they weren't anywhere near Manchester. They weren't so anywhere near where we were. Packed all your winter gear. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I didn't because otherwise I would have been. But yeah, oh, my word. It was warm. Well, yeah. Ice, ice cream on the beach, weather. Uh, did we have an ice cream on the We didn't actually go on a beach. So I, I got an ice cream from um, in Heaton Park uh, last week sometime. £2.50 for a 99. Oh, uh, well. Absolutely. A, I mean, the clue's the in the title. Yeah, it's going to be called a 249. Absolutely great. <laughs> and I was, getting, I was getting two, so I was getting one for my friend's daughter. So I had to pay on card. 
Ben <laughs> card for an ice cream. I mean, the fact you can pay on card at an ice, cream, an ice cream. Well, yeah. And it wasn't service with a smile either. He just grunted at me towards his, I think it's his wife who was doing the payments. Oh, there was two t- people working in the in an ice cream van. That's probably yeah. why. In that heat, he was he was sort of front of house, and then she was sat like where the door is doing the payments. Wow! Oh, so you had I mean, to go around to the other side? No, no. So it was like no, it's just sort of like next to it, like she sat um, in the passenger okay. seat. That part, I mean, they're, they're complicating the ice cream van <laughs> yeah, there, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I thought the old system of just asking the guy and he gives you his ice cream and you pay him works, yeah. works quite well. Just yeah. sell take the chip and pin machine to the window. <laughs> Jobs are good. And... Well, I actually, mean, said, it did we have... When we, when, we went to, when we went to Legoland, it was that hot that the chip and pin machine stopped working at the, at the, um, at, as you went out for your parking, so we didn't have to pay parking one day because the, oh, the machine was melted. That's one of life's joys, isn't it? I was like, sorry, I haven't got, I haven't got, any, I haven't got any change on me. Me and Blinda went for a walk around Hollywood late. I think it was last Christmas, and um, yeah, the the, uh, the pain display machine wasn't working, and it was uh, some well, someone, some ne'er do well had had like ripped it down or something. But I wanted <laughs> to find, find that person and shake their hand. <laughs> that is, what what great community work they've done there. <laughs> How was Lego Lamb Cheesy? Uh, it was really good. It was, it, I mean, it was incredibly hot, but it was really, really good. Did you pass your uh, driving test? Uh, the queue for that was that was just incredible. There was no way I was. We were queuing up for an hour to go to to go and pass my driving test. <laughs> um, but no, no, it was really, really good. Uh, kids like kids enjoyed it. There, there was one really odd thing when we went to when we went to Windsor on the Saturday morning. There was a just like normally, if you if you want change, like whenever I've been to Blackpool, and you want change, you just put your change in a change machine. There was actually a guy in a hut giving change out. He just had like pound coins on a desk, <laughs> and his job was just to give change out. It was just the most. It was just, oh, it was just a really weird scenario. Well, boosting the economy is what he's earning. Cash machine didn't give the the parking meter didn't give change out, but there was a guy next to it who gave you change. But wow. he, he, it took him about five minutes to count ten pound ten pound coins out, so I did have to double check it again afterwards. Ah, oh, there we go. Go on, you were saying. Go on, you before I interrupted you, Ross. What were you saying? Oh, well, I mean, I've got chip and pin machines. I mean, it's a bit past it now. But we were, uh, we've actually had serious conversations about getting a chip and pin machine for our football team to pay match match fees. <laughs> Well, my old cricket team, they've introduced an app. I can't remember what it's called now, but that, that's how they collect their match fees now, through an app. you just got to uh, yeah. sign up to it. Well, the amount of times you hear, oh, I've left my money in the car, I've left my wallet in the car. Oh, I've got no change this week. So you can get one for 20 quid, which is a bargain, really, isn't it? Yeah, that's quite good. Start skimming well, how- money. Yeah, well, how much are your match fees? Oh, so it's, it's five or a fiver. Five a week. Yeah, so it, so at the cricket it was a tenner, and it was kind of implied they were like, oh, we're keeping it as. A, but I, the reason they've sort of moved to this app is that you can kind of incrementally move it up to something like because obviously when you when it's cash it kind of needs to be a round number. So if you're going to move up from ten pounds, you'd have to jump to fifteen pounds. It's quite a lot of money. Whereas now you can probably go to twelve pound fifty or something because obviously if you do if you do it a, a weird number. Then the you know the captain or whoever collects the bills has to rock up with you know ten fifty p coins. Yeah, he has to go and see that man in Windsor for some change. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe he's maybe, maybe he's caught onto a niche thing. Maybe there needs to be a change man in every uh, in every <laughs> <laughs> in every town. I guess I guess more people. I guess some more people employed. Um, how how was football this weekend, Ross? So we've had two games now. Played two games. Uh, first have, game was. Have you have you started your new season? Or are you still? Friendly? No, these are, these are friendly. We still haven't got a start date for the season. All oh, right, okay. Um, so the first game we got beat two one, but that was a lot of lot of changes and a lot of squad rotation. So I wasn't too disappointed in that. And then this week we played um, 
We played a team. Their oldest player was 23. Well, uh, the, youth, the youth of today. Yeah. Really? Um, and our oldest player is 38. <laughs> so there's a bit of an age difference. Uh, we ended up getting beat 7-0. And we gave away two penalties as well, and they missed them both. So it could have been a lot worse. Um, but I have never felt so tired today in all my life. Chasing a lot of young 20-year-olds around a football pitch for 90 minutes is not fun. At one point, because we're making subs like every five minutes, and the striker out of the market started getting annoyed. He's going, oh, why are you making other subs? Why are you making subs every five minutes? I was like, because we're all old and unfit, mate. We can't, yeah. we can't run. <laughs> He's like, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but you don't have to do it every five minutes. And I was like, how old are you? <laughs> I said, he went, I'm 22. I went, well, there you go. You're 22, and we're all we're all over 30, so we need the rest. And he went, oh, I'm not looking forward to when I get older. I said, oh, it's not fun. <laughs> he went, I'm a bit. He went, I'm a bit worried. My pace will go. And I went. Don't worry, mate. It definitely will leave you. That, that won't <laughs> hang around forever. Luckily, you'll have, you'll develop other problems. So you'll no longer worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Have you been working on your grumpy old man speeches in pre-season as well? Oh, I just don't have a go. You look at us. We're all got grey hair. We're in round. You're complaining. I mean, it, was it? I mean, it was still pretty warm on Sunday, weren't it? When did it rain? It rained. It rained midway through the game, which was quite a nice relief. But it was overcast. But it was still like quite humid. Yeah, it was still warm. But the weekend imagine. before, oof, that was that was sunny and hot. Like I said, we, so, was- we had a drinks break. A drinks break. Yeah, we we had that, and we've uh, we swore each game we've been uh, kneeling for Black Lives Matter as well. It's <laughs> a lovely touch. Yeah, I mean, it, I. I it doesn't seem the same gesture on a Sunday league pitch as it is. No, I at a think Premier it's the, I think, game. I think it's the boost the movement movement was calling out for. <laughs> I mean, the weird thing is, I don't know if we just do it because the first ref we had suggested that we do it, and then we've just done it ever since. But we, I look around and I don't see anyone else doing it. But, but there you go. We're fighting races in one Sunday league game at a time. I was going to say, who, who, who's like? Did you talk about it before? So did the other team do it as well, or not? Or yeah, because the the first two games, we had the same ref, and the ref said, oh, we're right, going to do right. it. So then this week, we didn't have the same ref, but we because it was a different ref, we just said to it, oh, are we, are we kneeling before the game? And he goes, oh, well, yeah, go on then. So then it's just kind of stuck, really. Snowballed from there. It's amazing yeah. what the consequences of, of George Floyd's death are, aren't they? <laughs> Sunday League <laughs> game's changed forever. <laughs> Sunday League game in Manchester is... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's quite a nice. I mean, it's one of the best games. Thing. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I enjoy it because I get to have a little ten-second rest before the game. Yeah, do my warm-up, and then I get a little ten-second breather before we kick off. <laughs> so, I bet the young kid, I bet, I bet those young lads were frustrated when you did a sub straight afterwards, though, weren't you? <laughs> exactly. I, I got to my, I got to my knees. And I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> Subbed in the wall. <laughs> yeah. Right now, it's it's good to be back playing though. It's just strange how, uh, like, some people you you've no idea you like the whole shaking hands stuff afterwards. You've no idea what people because some people go with their elbows, some people go fists, some people completely forget and still go handshake. It's just all it's just all a bit of a minefield at the end of the game. So I'm I'm trying to avoid that now. I'm trying to run off as quickly as possible, getting close as little as few people as possible. It's all just a bit of a minefield. I think when um, when 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 Ronnie O'Sullivan won last night, didn't he just hug everybody? Oh, not last uh, not last night. So yeah, yeah. Night, didn't he just hug everybody? I was like, well, doesn't that just completely defeat the object of? Well, there we go. I, don't, I presume they've all been tested, have they? I presume it's the same protocols as like football. Uh, yeah. Does um, have I told you about um, changing my? Light in my kitchen. No, no. But I'm, I'm all ears for this. <laughs> so, um, so we, we painted the kitchen 
So we spruced it up, give it a new coat of white, and we've painted one wall a nice olive green colour. So it looks very nice. And we went in, and one of the problems in the kitchen, it just had like a, a normal light fitting, but we wanted spotlights just to brighten it. So when you go in there, it is nice and bright. So you can see what you're doing when you're cooking. So we went to b and we bought these spotlights and uh, got them home. And I thought, I opened the box just to see, because I thought, oh, what? It's what I thought it's going to be one of these life skills, like becoming a man kind of thing. Like you change a light on your own. I thought, I've never done it before, so I'm going to, going to give it a go. It can't be that hard. So I opened up the box and I looked, and I looked at like the wiring. And it just had <laughs> two, two terminals. It just had a live and a neutral. So I thought, easy peasy. There's no, nothing complicated here. I just stick lives in live, neutral in neutral. Jobs are good in. So I ended up, so I put I put holes in the ceiling and uh, like trying to fix it up. But then once I put the holes in, I caught the corner of a plasterboard so it wouldn't take. So then I've had to drew new holes to get it up. And Claire's dad's ended up coming around to help me. So we've ended up, uh, so when I took the old um, light off, these two live wires, two neutral wires and two earth wires, right? So I taped up the earth wires, and then I thought, right, just jab these in. So it's took us ages to get these in. They won't fit for ages. And we've managed to get it all, all the wires stuck in, and then the thing back up on its up. And then uh, I put the, fuse, put the fuse back in, sent it all on, and the light came on. And by the time I started it, started doing it about half three. And by the time we fit, like got it wired up and on the ceiling, it was probably about half seven, eight o'clock. That's how long <laughs> it took to do. Right? So I was like, oh, look at that. Doesn't it look great? Like, it was dark as well, so you could truly, you could fully appreciate how good it was, how bright it was. I was like, look at that. Isn't that great? So I went, right, you want a drink then? So I got a beer. And um, then I went to flip the, flip the light off. Bump. All the lights downstairs went off. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what has gone on here? I thought, I gotta get that. So, so uh, went back to the fuse box, but the fuse box in my house is the old style fuse box. So, it's fuse wire. So, you have to like put fuse wire in and then stick it. So, it, it's a bit of a fat. So, I only had a little bit of fuse wire left. So, I did it back in and thought, well, something's happened. So, put it back in. Again, it came on again. I thought, oh, well, there we go. Sorted. And then, uh, did the switch, boom, just off again. <laughs> oh, what is going on here? And by this time, it was too dark, like, couldn't do anything. Didn't have any fuse wire left to check anything. So I just had to go to sleep with no lights downstairs. So we had to bring a lamp downstairs and carry that around the old house if we wanted anything. <laughs> You're not following just having a candle, are you? Well, yeah. <laughs> so then, so it was the next day, got up nine o'clock. And at this point, what the the switch in the light in the kitchen to turn a blown as well that wasn't working right so i went to b&q bought some fuse wire and then bought we bought a new switch uh did it all in again and uh put it on came on and then again turned it off and went off so i did a bit of googling basically i wired it to permanently be on so if you ever flick the switch and it just shorted the whole circuit <laughs> so i'm like right don't know what's going on with this but in the and what I'd also forgot to tell you, when I was first putting up myself uh, the night before, I hadn't properly took the I hadn't took the right fuse out, so I got electrocuted twice. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, because every time I touched a wire, like nothing was happening. So I was like, "Oh, that's all right. It must be off." And there was no lights in the house. Oh, there's no lights in the kitchen. So I thought, "Right, it's fine." Uh, but then when I touched two wires together. <laughs> It gave me a bit of a shock. Luckily, it wasn't that strong. It felt like touching uh, an electric fence. So I could deal with that. So then basically, I've had to Google. And then I eventually worked out the wiring. So I've managed to sort out the wiring. And now it works. But it took me. So it took from starting at 4 o'clock the day before to about 2 o'clock the next day to stick one light up in my kitchen. I thought, why do they not just make electric seeds? Like, they sell you these things, and then it's the most complicated thing in the world. Well, was... yeah, I would have been flummoxed. Uh, to be fair, you, you lost me the moment you talk about fuse wires. I'd... Oh, yeah, I'd... I'm, I'm not familiar with fuse wires. 
I just have a, a switch that I flick if it's yeah, if the fuse that's, goes. That's the new style, but the old well, style. I said I, I'm assuming I do. I, a fuse hasn't gone yet for me to fully explore in this house. But well, the old have lived. Basically, the old style. It's like how much. I think it's how much. Um, it's the amps. What's the amps? It's not resistance, is it? Any amps go through it. So it's, it's, it's how thick the wire is. So if it go, if more amps go through it than the wire you can set, the wire just blows up, basically. So I, genu- this, I, gen- I genuinely thought you were going to tell me that your light switch started to, was, was on fire. I genuinely thought <laughs> that was <laughs> Well, I went through, so I got electrocuted twice. I went through three light switches and about a metre of fuse wire to try and sort all this out. It's an absolute nightmare. <laughs> But now I've figured it all out. I know it all now. Switch lives and neutrals and earths and creating a circuit. I know it all. So if you ever want a light fitting changing. Smith, Smithy the Sparky all of a sudden. Yeah. Oh. I mean, after that day, Jenny, I was looking at every every light fitting in the house and thinking, do we need a new one in here? Well, it's fresh in my head. I, I could do it now. I'd wish to check every light was going to be new in the house. Well, I, I won't bother learning then. Now I know I can just call on you at a moment's notice. Well, I was determined, though. I thought, I'm not phoning an electrician. I thought, I'm not spending <laughs> £100 to get a light put up. Oh, that's <laughs> absolutely waste of money. Uh, yeah, sorted yeah. it out. Yeah, so it's, it looks all right. Quite pleased with oh, yourself. Got, you've got to bear in mind, yeah. £100. You'd be able to buy uh, 40 ice creams in Eaton Park with that. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was thinking in my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get you a get you a qualified MBQ course next summer. <laughs> oh well, I mean, I was half tempted to. I wonder how much it costs to get on a course, and they bump the grades up at the end as well. So, well, yeah. now exactly, I'll definitely yeah. get a pass. What? <laughs> Come your well, you yeah. your own teacher, so you just tell them what you what you're gonna get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there you go. Well, on that bright note, yeah. What are we talking about today? Uh, well, not, not not so bright a weekend for the Manchester club. So uh, after the break, we'll discuss um, the semi-finals of. Uh, well, it wasn't even the semi-finals, was it for Manchester City? It was the quarter-finals of the Champions League for Manchester City in the uh, semi-finals of the Europa League for United last night. And we'll any other stories that we've got from uh, the world of football and the Champions League and Europa League over the weekend. So uh, we'll have a break and then we'll come back straight after this. Welcome back to the Three Thirds Mike, One Third Scouts podcast, where we are now going to discuss uh, the weekend um, for of the Europa League semi-finals and the um, Champions League quarter-finals. So we'll start with Manchester City first. Um, a rather disappointing defeat to the hands of Leon uh, on Sunday night, Saturday night. Uh, what was it? Was it Saturday? Sat- Sat- I think it was Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I, then. I mean, I, I, I assumed after watching, because um, I watched the Bayern Munich Barcelona game that was on Friday, wasn't it? Where Bayern won eight two, and that was being, um, well, that was incredible just to watch that. And but then in all the all the um, all the talk in the studio after by all the pundits was all, oh, oh, Manchester City are going to be, um, they're going to be rubbing their hands at the sight of this Barcelona uh, Bayern Munich defense because they play such high line and there'll be there'll be goals, goals, goals. And basically, as if like it was a foregone conclusion that City were going to be in the in the semis with them. But then I stuck the City game on after about half an hour, and after about Leon were already one 0 up, and I thought, oh, hang on, like what what's going on here? Like you know, thinking, oh, I know half a minute, I was thinking, oh, for City to go out, maybe Leon have scored a bit too early. But then I was watching them. I was thinking, what is going on with City? Because they're not... Like, they're keeping the ball, but it's not like they're creating much. And then when I looked at the team sheet and the tactics and all the formations and realised Phil Foden and Silver and Bernardo Silver and Mares were all in the back, I thought, what has Pep done? Like, I just couldn't believe the team selection. I don't know what you thought, Simon. Uh, yeah, incredible. Uh, I mean, you, it's worth bearing in mind, Leon... I think they finished. They finished like sixth in the French league last season. Seventh, I mean, yeah, I think seventh. So. I mean, it's you know, it's, it's so strange that uh, Pep sort of changed his tactics completely. And I think a few times in the last few years, I think Pep Guardiola has been guilty of 
overthinking things when he gets sort of to the latter stage of the Champions League. And I think it was another case of that. He completely changed his tactics, played a very different system, and City, I think, really kind of beat themselves in a way. And you know, it must must be frustrated. I mean, it was a real big opportunity for them to to get to the final, really. And you know, yeah, absolutely blown it. Well, I, I, I mean, what when I was watching it, I was watching it, and then um, obviously Pep didn't make any real changes in the game. He didn't make any real subs. Brought um, he didn't bring Maris on, but when uh, City scored, when Kevin De Bruyne scored, I assumed because City being the team, a bit what we've watched over the past few years under Pep in the Premier League, they get one, then they get two, then they get three, then they get four. The the, the one of the one of the best team, well one of the best teams that have ever been in the Premier League for not just sitting back on a lead and getting going after goal, after goal, after goal. So I assumed, all oh, right, that's it. Leon's defence has been breached. City have f- figured it out. They'll get goal, after goal, after goal there. And then it just didn't happen, did it? And, and I know it all kind of hinged on the um, Raheem Sterling miss, which oh, that's going to be played and played and played and played, isn't it? And then, obviously, a minute later, Leon got up the other end and score. But um, it was just incredible. I just couldn't believe. But then they still, even when they went 2-1 down, Pep continued to persevere with the same team. He didn't he didn't make any real attacking changes to bring Foden on. Or I just thought, I, I, I just really couldn't get my head around what he was seeing that no one else could that made him think this is going to get us the win in the game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that Sterling miss was <laughs> God. It's such it's such a bad miss. Yeah, you seen all the have you seen all the Harry Kane jokes about from the? From this the... is why he didn't pass the Sterling. Square it to Sterling. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I mean the... the other thing is the the third goal. That was it. The third goal. The one. The VAR check one. No, that was the second one. Was it? All oh, right. Um, do you think? Uh, do you think it was a foul? I think City were harsh done to. I think if I think if you if if that's your team, I think you're expecting it to be a foul. I mean, when I, it was only, I think when they replayed it again, I didn't realise it was Dembele that um, that had tripped Laporte. I thought it, I thought it was a different player that was running that was running behind Dembele. But it's one of them things, isn't it? Whether you look or not, wherever you are on the pitch. If you end up tripping somebody up, whether you mean to or not, you've still impeded that person. It's still a foul, whether you've meant to do it or not. So, I, I thought, I thought, I did. I thought they were a, a, a touch hard done by, um, and then it felt like once that they just, I think they just completely collapsed after that. I mean, I, I, I to be honest, I know um, there's a lot of people that have heard on radio say like, "Oh, if Sterling sticks that chance in, then." You're looking at it and going, oh well, Pep, Pep changed his formation. He came out with a win. He's in the Champions League for the final. So you say, oh well, job well done for Pep. But I don't know if you do still. I, I, I was I was having a conversation after football on Sunday to a few lads, and I was saying to me, when seeing Pep change his team so much against, like you say, Simon, a team that finished seventh in league earned, which isn't regarded as one of the best leagues in the world. Um, that doesn't say to me that he has confidence in his squad to go out and do what he does. I'd, I, I, to me, it, Klopp doesn't change his tactics no matter who he's playing. Um, Pep at Barcelona wouldn't change his tactics for who he's playing. He would go, I, my team is better than your team. My tactics are better than your team. I'm going to impose my, my style of play on you and then you've got to do something about it. But like you say, Pep to change it against Leon, I just thought that is... But for me, the whole defeat and the, the in-game management as well, not not making a change early enough to bring attacking players on, I think you've you've got to look at Pep and us. I mean, I think at any any other league, any other team, you'd be. That was at United, and it was Mourinho had just got knocked out by Leon in the quarterfinals, or it was Van Gaal, and you'd be questioning whether he'd stay. But I don't know. I mean, the other thing you've got to think about from City's point of view, Pep was brought in for the sole task of winning the Champions League as well, wasn't it? I'm supposed to push them onto that next level, but they, they got to the semi-finals under Pellegrini, didn't they? They've only got to the quarters under Guardiola for the last four. Yeah. 
I mean, Pep's, I I... Um, Pep's never won it without Lionel Messi, has he? He's, he only no. won it those times at Barcelona. And yeah. I actually think that is, obviously, Pep Guardiola has been an incredible football manager for the last sort of 15 years. But I think that is a bit of a, a sort of black mark over him that he hasn't, he hasn't managed to win the Champions League with a very good Bayern Munich team and now with a very good Manchester City team. Yeah. I mean, uh, both teams as well, like, there's, there's nothing that you would look at with both teams and say that has, like, like with United in the past few years since um, Woodward's been in charge, you could say, oh, well, maybe, uh, like, the transfer policy isn't there. But at Bayern Munich, he could go and get whoever he wanted. Uh, at City, he's been able to get whoever he wanted. It's been, I mean, I know he said he couldn't afford Harry Maguire, but there hasn't really been any limitations on what he can buy. So he doesn't really have any excuses as to why he hasn't been able to go out and do it. I mean, the only thing that puts me in this, makes me think about City is the fans really don't like UEFA, do they? They have a real, there's no real appetite from City fans to actually go out and win the Champions League, it doesn't seem, does it? No, so I don't know if that, they've never had a, a real love affair with it, have they? Yeah, so I don't know if that filters down through to the players or not, and it's kind of, I don't know, but... I was just, I was just very, very surprised at how, how it ended up panning out. I did see, uh, I think it was a tweet. <laughs> Someone had said, um, in fact, was it one of you two that shared in the group? And it was like, if that's how much Pep changed his team for Leon, what would he have done if he played the fourth, fifth, or, <laughs> or third best teams in France? Would <laughs> <laughs> have got a flat back ten, would not it? <laughs> But when um, earlier on, but as, after the lockdown, when City played Liverpool, they were they were they were phenomenal. And Foden had probably one of his best games I'd seen. Um, they've not they've not really got any injury issues, have they? As far as I can I can tell. Um, well, well, Foden's been one of the real triumphs of sort of the end of the season and 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 this sort of mini Champions League, hasn't he? You know, well, post lockdown, he quite a few big games. Post lockdown, he's he seems to have either scored or assisted in every single game. Like he, he has, his form's been incredible, so yeah, why, why are you leaving him out? Yeah, and it sort of seems like he, he was just coming good just as David Silva was leaving. It sort of seemed all perfect, didn't it? But mm. yeah, he, he chose not to trust him in uh, in that massive moment, and he must be must be regretting it now. And no more David Silva in uh, in Manchester City colours. Well, we don't know what the statue will be painted, do we? No, good point. Good point. <laughs> Whether it be bronze or the stone or marble we don't know do we did he, um, did, does that not mean that Aguero's going to get one or does that, does that is that all going to depend on how Aguero leaves because Silva's retired at City well then why has Vincent Company got to get one yeah. or Yaya yeah I mean Yaya couldn't get a birthday cake so. yeah, yeah good point, good point yeah. <laughs> but there's quite a few in that City team though because like, you would think like synonymous with that the last 10 years of City accompanied David Silver and Aguero, aren't they? Torre was big for a few years, but they're the main three. So they're going to do a, three statues to them? I don't know. I mean, they haven't, they haven't, they haven't got one up for Joe Goa yet, have they? They haven't no mm-hmm. feet to go and he will score. <laughs> I mean, the other thing, what we mentioned briefly, uh, does Nathan Ake change that City back four into a, <laughs> into a clean sheet monster? I don't see it, personally. Well, I think Ake is there almost as sort of backup for Laporte, isn't he? As a sort of le- a second left-sided centre-half. Yeah, but they, but they then need they a need it. <laughs> well, yeah, and then, and then they need to sign another one who can play. I mean, they keep being linked with Koulibaly, don't they? Well, they've said on the... Um, that, that I think they'd pin their ups on Garcia because, like, at the turn of the year, he'd started appearing on the bench, like... He's obviously higher up the list than Stones and Otamendi is, and now he wants to sign a new contract and, and clearly wants to go back to Barcelona. I mean, but he is terrible as well. Well, yeah, he isn't <laughs> the greatest. I mean, I don't know why he's he's carried on playing because it, yeah, I don't know what. I didn't think yeah. much of Can, I didn't think much of Cancelo either the other night. I think that's the first time I've properly seen him play. Um, I might be doing the boy a disservice. I don't know, but I didn't think he had a particularly good game. Well, I think that I think now after what's happened with Leon, I think this is this is a big transfer window for Pep, and especially with Liverpool running away with the league and them not being anywhere near, they're, they're going to have to they have to do something big because, like I say, that back four needs a lot of work. And he's even though they signed Ake, he needs another centre half, maybe some 
new fullbacks. I mean, how old's Kyle Walker now? Can't sign any more fullbacks, surely. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's the good halfback. I mean, they actually do need to sign a left back, don't they? Because I mean, Benjamin Mendy, you know, he just isn't the player that he was before all the injuries. And you can't can sell him. He's not very good. Kyle Walker's I mean, coming to the end. <laughs> I mean, I, to be fair, I think you're the only one calling out Kyle Walker. You've been calling out <laughs> Kyle Walker for about five years. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think there's any issue with Kyle Walker. Nobody else, nobody else is playing it in. Kyle Walker should never have started in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't have had Kyle Walker still in that Sheffield United team, though. He wouldn't start for my Sunday League team. Um, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're going to need some players. And, you know, you know, Aguero, he gets injured. I think... I mean, I think one minute before you carry on, Sack. scores enough goals. What, what? I mean, I'm surprised you're moaning cheesy about signing more fullbacks because you're famously wanting to set three left backs to the World Cup. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, but so that's presumably the more left backs the merrier in your eyes. <laughs> yeah, but that's only because my right backs weren't very good. <laughs> it's different when you're picking. It's different when you're picking the national team. You haven't got you pick, pick, pick players on form, not on. Uh, you can, well, anyway, that's a different that's a different podcast, isn't it? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, like you say, Aguero's Aguero's not fit enough any these days, is he, to play full seasons? Jesus, yeah, like you said, Sam, he doesn't seem to regularly score enough, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It's a it's a bit just... It's a big season next season. But surely they're not going to go out and sign another. I mean, they've, obviously they've lost Sane. So you'd think that. Um, the um, I can't remember who they were linked with the other day. Um, oh, well, didn't they sign? There was someone in Spain they were going to sign. Oh, the I'd never Ferran, Ferran Torres they've signed. Signed that Ferran Torres, yeah. From for 21 million, haven't they, from Valencia? But he had a buyout. I think he didn't have a buyout clause of about 100 million, but they've managed to forego it before he leaves for free next season because Valencia needed some cash. But then a lot of things I've read about uh, him, he, he kind of... Um, Held Valencia over a barrel in terms of, like he said, oh, I'll, I'll only stay if you make me captain. I'll yeah, only he's stay yeah, he's 21 years old, isn't he? Yeah, I'll only stay if you make me what captain. What were these like, kids you were playing last week? Yeah, similar. <laughs> apparently, he's saying, like, oh, what Torres, what uh, what Athletic Madrid did for Torres and what um, Athletic Bilbao done for Icamuni. And he's saying, I want to be, and then I want to be the highest earner at the club. So he's kind of, when I mean, you hear things like that, you, it doesn't, it doesn't make you think well of a player, does it? I, I always think it's a bit like in Jan- I mean, maybe he'll turn out to be brilliant, but a bit like in January when Liverpool signed that Minamino and people were like, oh, what a great signing. I always, you know, There's a reason why nobody else was in for him. You know, why were none of the other big Spanish clubs in for him? And especially at 21 million. Yeah. That's, that's enough to take a punt on, isn't so, it? So, you know, you feel like there must be some sort of red flags there. But, you know, maybe, you know, obviously Pep or whoever at City has identified him as someone to get and, and you know maybe they'll, they'll they'll get the best out of him but it'll be interesting to see how he goes mm. yeah anyway should we move on to United yeah why not well do we want to before we start talking about United do we want to just kind of mop up the do you do you two still think that I mean Simon you you, you seem to think that Jaden Sancho is still going to happen later on in the window Has it, have you changed yeah, your mind yeah I think it- I think it'll still. I think it'll drag on, and then United will sign him at the end and pay, pay a lot of money. I thought you were going to round it up asking who who do we think will win the Champions League, which uh, I was going to say Bayern Munich. <laughs> Very, it's hard to see beyond them. Unless, you know, maybe PSG could do something incredible on the night, but I think Bayern Munich look like the best team in Europe this year, don't they? Uh, by an absolute country mile, they are most of their team. Uh, most of their teams under twenty five as well, which probably means. And then they've just and they and they've just added Leroy Sane to it as well. Well, I read the team that um, what was it the, the starting eleven that beat Barcelona cost like eighty million euros. That's it for the whole team, which is uh, incredible, isn't it? One and a half fullbacks for Manchester City. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, the, the Sancho thing. 
I, I, well, I thought it would have happened by now. But uh, obviously, I had too much faith in Ed Woodward. But the other thing that makes me think it will happen is that if Borussia Dortmund don't want to sell Jadon Sancho, they're doing a lot of talking and keeping it in the papers. Like, why why do they keep mentioning Jadon Sancho and saying, no, he's not going anywhere and he's not doing it? Like, it just smacks of, we just want that, to keep the interest high in him and keep... Is that not why Sky are keep banging the drum with it because ultimately they need to they need something to talk about it's the biggest it, and nothing looks like it's going to happen with Gareth Bale this year there isn't really another big transfer that's potentially going to happen I, I wouldn't have thought um, is that not I just I think it'll happen the, I think it's just the, it's just the fee isn't it it's just the money it's just that it's just that Mexican standoff isn't it who's going to and the thing first, is but... you know Bruce Dortmund are experienced in selling players you know they, they sort of sell a big they sell a player to one of the big big sort of mega clubs pretty much every summer they're not about, not about to get pushed around by Ed Woodward you know they'll hold their nerve and they'll, they'll you know they'll probably get what they want in the end and uh, mm. but but I think I think they will be prepared for it to go down to the lot to the wire I don't think they'll sort of buckle and Ed Woodward has sort of shown his previous transfers that he's happy to sort of push it as long as possible, hoping that a bit of time pressure will, will force them into dropping the price a bit. So I just think I think it will end up with going going down to the wire. I mean, I the mean, other thing with with Dortmund is that then, like, even though they get they sell players on like bigger name players, they don't really reinvest money at that level, do they? So they've already signed Jude Bellingham. So I imagine they're probably thinking they they're not really going to sign. A like-for-like Sancho replacement, and they're going to try and develop someone from within the squad. So they'll just be happy to collect the cash, won't they? At the end of the day, I don't think they're in a race to get the money so they can, they can reinvest it in a big name signing. So no, no, yeah, so that yeah, mm. yeah. I had a anyway, point about that as well. But, but, but you know, I definitely do need reinforcements. I think I, you know, I think this last week and you know these Europa League games went, yeah. You know, when United have been pushed, the players, the start starting eleven has looked tired, and you look to the bench, and you know, just how many options there are. They just need, well, United need more strength in depth. I think this is, I think this is Solskjaer's way of trying to put pressure on Woodward to say that the squad depth just isn't there. Because, I mean, since lockdown, he has pretty much he, he has pretty much named the same starting eleven every single game, hasn't there? It's changed by maybe one player each time, whereas normally there's at least normally two changes or three changes in a side, isn't there? Just to give a bit of squad rotation. But Solskjaer has literally named the same squad. And I half think that's him saying to the board, look, this squad just isn't good enough. You, I can't I can't take Fernandes out because I can't put Pereira in. can't take Martial or Rashford out because I can't. I mean, it's not like Rashford's been... I mean, he's not exactly been great since... He's come back, but yet he's still held down a place, literally because there's no one else pushing him for it. So I think it's half kind of Solskjaer saying, "Look, you, you're going to have to bat me in this window because we need we need players coming in." The other thing as well is a, a twelve months is a completely different kettle of fish. You think next year that Madrid might have money, Barcelona might end up having some money. That that I, w- I can't imagine his value is going to soar that much more after after the next season. That suddenly, at the minute, I can't see anybody. I can't see anybody else um, challenging Manchester Manchester United for his signature. But you stick another year on that, then it could look it could look a lot different. Oh yeah, you just need to go out and pay the money and get him. That's what I said last time. The the, the money's irrelevant to me. It's, do we need him now at this point? Yes. If we like, say, if we wait a season. Liverpool, Mane might go, or Salah might go, and they might go, right, well, we need a, we need someone who's going to fit in with our play, or we'll take it, or City needs someone again, because Mares has gone, or right, well, City are going through. Like, it's, it's, you do need to just go out and do it. Like I said, I think we will do it, but I don't see the point in haggling for, what is it, what, when does the season start? September the 10th or something? September the 12th, yeah. What's that, 20 odd days away? What's the point in, Messing about for twenty odd days. Are United are United starting the week after? Is everybody starting on the twelfth? I thought there was this everybody that's in the in Europa League and Champions League was going to start a week later, but I don't think that seems to be happening, does it? I'm not sure, to be honest. I mean, after watching the um the uh the 
the defeat against Sevilla, Simon, what, what did you think were the main areas of development or the main areas, to, other than Sancho coming in? Because there's been a lot of talk about, there was that um, minute spell where United seemed to have five shots and each one was blocked or the keeper saved it. So there's a lot of talk about uh, a strike is needed, so we need to go out and pay big money for Kane and forget Sancho. Do you think that's? Do you think centre forward is actually an issue, or do you think there's other areas that are more important? Well, I didn't, I didn't watch the Sevilla match, but I, in general, I I think this was a real. This year was a real opportunity for Anthony Martial. I'm not sure he's really taking it, and I I would be pro as signing a signing a striker. Um, but I would want Sancho and a striker, and a, and a centre half. Is what that's what I'd be thinking, but um, but yeah, I mean, what what did you think? You watched the match. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't like. I think if you look, Martial's got what twenty odd goals this season. Rashford's got twenty odd goals this season. You stick Mason Greenwood, he's start only really played the second half of the season, got enough. I think if you sign Sancho, you can rotate Martial and Greenwood. So I'm not desperate for a a centre forward. I think with Fernandez in there you will see Martial's numbers in terms of goals scored go up again next season. Um, I think there's other areas that... I mean, I, I know... Think is, I'm, what I would love is for us to sign up Bamiyang, but I think it's increasingly looking like he's going to sign a contract to Arsenal, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, what I would say after watching the Sevilla game, Wan-Bissaka looked very, very tired. Like, he looked like he'd had a long season. Um, I think I think Maguire... I think Maguire, there was a stat that came up. Uh, the commentator said it, I don't know if it's verified, but he's played more minutes of football than anyone else in the world this season. I mean, it's believable, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I think he's starting to look a bit tired towards the end of the season. I know, I well, know there's I a lot of. I was astonished. I was astonished when Maguire played that game against the second leg against Lask. Um, yeah. The prime opportunity just to get an extra few days rest in the legs, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but I'd say, as I think as good as Williams was at the start when he came in, I think he's looked a bit naive defensively. Um, so I don't know if... I mean, this, I still don't want to write Luke Shaw off because I think when he does hit... When he does get a run of games at him, he is a very, very good fullback. But we just never seem to get that run of games from him. So I don't know if a left-back's a bit of a... a bit of a need for United, to be honest. But... I don't know. I think I think we need midfielders as well, but like an attacking midfielder. I mean, I'm not going to go on about Jack Grealish again because we'll be here for another <laughs> 20 minutes, won't we? But I think if Fernandez goes off, we are we are doomed, basically. Yeah, but you're not going to. I don't think you're going to be able to have somebody of. I mean, uh, how many games is Fernandez going to play next season? Ninety percent of the games. Uh, I, I would say ninety-five, close as as. If he's fit, he plays. I think that's in Solskjaer's head. Think about all the games that Joe Hart's not going to play. That's the amount of games <laughs> Fernandez will play. So then you're not going to be able to sign almost a direct replacement in Grealish for him to say, right, well, you're going to sit there and you're only going to play 5% again. You're going to play the League Cup games, of which you're not going to get very many games anyway because there's not even two legs this year. And that's, and that, yeah, and that's it. No, but what I'm saying is Fernandez plays every single game because there's no one else. So uh, Solskjaer at the minute doesn't feel like he's got a viable option to say, well, if I take Fernandez out, then I've got someone else who could come in and do a job in that game. If you get Grealish, then it can be, you can go, right, well, we can rotate Fernandez out and he can start on the bench, then come on after 60, 70 minutes and do something. If the thing is, you need, well. uh, need Fernandez on the pitch just uh, just to score our, our penalty each <laughs> Well, exactly. <laughs> What will we do? Because Which has been the, the great, the great tactical revolution that Ollie has been. <laughs> Get a win a penalty every match. Sign someone that always scores them. I mean, I'm surprised we didn't get Matt Letizia out of retirement, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dennis Irwin, come back. You just, you don't have to do any running. Just wait for the fact, Rashford or Martial to win a pair and then we'll be fine. That's we the next thing. Reside Dennis Irwin. It sorts out the left-back problem as well. Oh, yeah. It's a... Uh, yeah. Win-win. But like the NFL, it'll just be special teams. You'll just bring a, free, you'll just bring a penalty taker on. Fernandez will be United for about 25 years. <laughs> you, just won't be hop, you just won't be able to hop quite as high. 
I mean, on a serious note, I am I am very disappointed that we've not won the Europa League. Because I thought, other than Sevilla, I thought that's a prime opportunity for us to get a trophy. And I mean, I know it's this this uh, now stat that it's three consecutive, first time that United have gone three consecutive seasons without winning a trophy for, what is it, 20, 30 years? Um, but I just thought, I just, like I said, I said to Jesus before we started recording this section, it would have been nice to get third place and get Champions League that way and then win the Europa League as well and just gone, well, we would have won it, we would have done it both ways, so it didn't matter which way. We didn't need to prioritise one over the other because we we were good enough to do it both ways. So I'm quite, and especially the manner, I thought we were a much better team against Sevilla and we just got done by, well, two sloppy moments defensively and then some, a bit of unluckiness with the finishing, so... Tell you, is yeah. going to end up winning the uh, winning the Europa League. Romelu Lukaku and Alexis Sanchez and Ashley Young. <laughs> they do look a different team now, don't they? Into all on this season. Well, I tell you what gets me with with the Lukaku thing. Everyone like before the game today, I'm on Twitter. Everyone's raving over how good Lukaku is, how great he is, what a player he is. This, that, this, that. I'm thinking when he was at United, literally you couldn't hear a good word said about him. Could you? The same people, the same pundits. I thought, I, I just gets me how fickle people are, like in terms of someone's either amazing or crap out there. No one's ever in between. No one's ever just all right, apart from Jordan Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> He's all right all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't deserve it. Oh, Milner, seven, eight out of ten every game. Hey, you need them people in your team. Oh, you do, definitely. Why do you? I don't know. Anyway, it'd be nice not to be involved in Thursday night football from next season. Yeah. Has Lukaku done... I mean, well, uh, what CD, what CD United going to get? I mean, surely winning the Europa League a few seasons is going to help, but... I mean, are you going to be in pot three? Oh, it don't matter. Well, bring it, on, it, Barcelona. Bring on. It, just it does, just it, to set... Uh, no, Jesus. What you? I mean, you, it's been a while since you've been in the Europa now because I know you've had fun. But you remember those dark days when you were getting Lask coming to Old Trafford on a Thursday night and you felt like you had to watch it. It's not fun. I would rather watch United versus Bayern Munich and it be a, a bit of a drubbing. Well, don't 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 dismiss Europa League yet. So you so you know you're not in pot three. If you're in pot two, you're out. <laughs> otherwise you might be. Otherwise you might be playing Europa League. Come, uh, come well, I'm to qualify. I mean, Celtic are playing... Oh, Celtic play Champions League qualifiers tonight, I think, aren't they? We'll be there. I thought you were a... Well, on that op- optimistic note... Yeah. I was, I was hoping we'd happened? wrap it up. <laughs> oh, quickly, cricket, Simon. Oh, yeah, they drew. I think it rained. I'll tell you what, they played in Manchester and it rained and they didn't half moan about the weather up north. And they've gone to Southampton. It's rained pretty much all week in Southampton. It's been glorious up here. I was in. I went into town on, on Saturday night. You could have been playing Test match cricket about half <laughs> nine Saturday night in Manchester. It's glorious. <laughs> and but, yeah, they haven't complained about the weather. They haven't sort of blamed Southampton's climate the same way you do the North. But yeah, and it's all set up for the final test. Thank the start um, of the weekend. The big the big worry is that the final test is in exactly the same place where the second test was. So. Yeah, pack pack your umbrella. Yeah. Mm. And then it's the boxing happening. It's Dillian White fighting soon. Pay-per-view this Saturday, yeah. Who's he fighting? Uh, He's fighting Alexander Povetkin, who uh, who lost against uh, Anthony Joshua last last year, I think. He's he's in his 40s now, but he's sort of a big puncher. And he's in Eddie Hearn's garden still. Yeah, yeah, still in Eddie Hearn's garden. He said he's going to do that again next year, I think, didn't he? It'd become like some sort of WrestleMania thing. My, I think uh, a bit of a success, yeah. My only thing with, like, with obviously no fans going to boxing matches, how much is pay-per-view going to go up? Because it's already a ridiculous price. Because obviously ringside seats at boxing cost thousands, don't they? Yeah, well, it got up to 25 quid for the, for the Fury fight, didn't it? Or the Joshua fight, I can't remember which. Yeah, fifty quid soon, probably twenty-five quid. Right. Well, we shall discuss that next week. 
so enjoy your weeks, fellas. Will do. You too. You okay. too. Until next time. I shall speak to you soon. See you later. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Three Thirds Mank, One Third Scouse podcast. Give it a like, give it a share, and let us know what you think on Twitter at Mank3. That's at M-A-N-C-T-H-R-E-E. And keep listening for more new podcasts every week.